basketball legend Michael Jordan once said that talent wins games, but teamwork and intelligence wins championships. And arguably, there is no more successful team in this country than the Dublin senior footballers. My first two guests today have both won All-Irelands with the dubs. James Brogan has one coveted medal and his cousin Bernard Brogan has a rather impressive seven. So if anyone knows what makes a winning team, it's these two. Their long and fruitful careers on the field and working with inspiring leaders like Jim Gavin, who I had the privilege of talking to here on Reignite last year, is now being leveraged into their business success with the company Pep Talk. James Brogan, Bernard Brogan, founders of Pep Talk, welcome to Reignite. To get us started, I want you to take a listen to this clip from 2019 when the dubs were pulling off that historic five in a row. Out it comes, and James O'Donoghue once again, holding possession. David Moran, the final whistle, it's all over! Jim Gowan, Jason Sherlock embrace. Dublin are the history makers. It's taken them two games, but they're All-Ireland champions for the fifth year in a row. Truly, Gaelic football's invincibles. What a remarkable evening for Dublin. Bernard Brogan, the Invincibles, a historic moment. But take me back to the week before that All-Ireland final, 2019, Jim Gavin trying to pull off this mammoth achievement. What were you guys up to that was a little bit different? Well, first of all, how are you doing, Anya? And thanks for um, any time I get to relive those, uh, still get goosebumps every time I hear hear those, uh, those words. So, yeah, it was a special time. Uh, and learn so much as a as a sports person, but also as an individual and as as, as people as well. Uh, Jim believed in forming good people, uh, and the great people make great players. Um, and yeah, it was a uh, interesting when we talk about sport and it's all about training and working hard and and uh, doing stuff in the gym and kicking points and that. But Jim had a philosophy about layering behaviours, and culture was a big part of what he believed was going to be the edge that got us over the line. And a really interesting story um, the week before uh, that kind of struck me. We were only at the starting pep talk uh, in around that time. And it really hit home to me the value of human connection, of understanding of relationships to high performance. So we were we were a week out from that uh, historic day, winning five in a row, the, the, the first team to ever do that. And we could have been in the gym honing, our, honing our, our strength. We could have been kicking points over the bar. We could have been doing anything tactically, looking at our opposition, anything to do with the game. But what Jim did actually brought us over to a, a very special place, Lambay Island, off the coast of, of Dublin, obviously. Um, and we spent the 48 hours together and we didn't kick one ball. We didn't talk about the opposition. We didn't talk about ourselves, our, our strategy. We just had three or four sessions around connection, around getting to know each other better, understanding some of the challenges we've been through as individuals in our human lives, some of the some of the um, great days we've had. Uh, there was tears, there was love, there was emotion. And, and for me, it really hit home about when we could have been doing anything else, we were building that last pillar of, 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 of high performance, which is connection and purpose. And I think that's probably frames our conversation here today in the world of work that we live in today, uh, at the moment about remote working and not being around each other is more something that Pep Talk really try and... Um, trying to help organisations with, you know, and it was a really poignant moment for me in my career to say that, that this is what, what we're doing at a, at a point in time that was game changing for all of our lives. I, I love that image, Bernard, you know, a week out, uh, Sunday game, this massive moment in all your careers and you're pitching a tent 
on the remote island, Lambay Island off the coast of Hoth. I'm sure 30, 40, 50 of you. And as you say, not kicking ball, just talking. And in talking, I guess, building that trust, building that connection, but understanding from each other the why, like why you give so many nights, why you spend so much time away from your family, training, doing the hard yards for this moment. Like, was it about coming back on Lambay Island to this thing that, that, that Jim Gavin talks about a lot, the performance trinity, you know, being able to answer the question of why do you do what you do? 100% and the performance trinity is about Jim would say the three things that are important in your lives there needs to be balance so not just so for me it was sport it was, my, it was for my family and my work so they don't all have, you don't, can't spend all the same amount of time with each of them when you're when, as you know with amateur sports people we spend a lot of time in the evenings and mornings training and then obviously work is, is our, our college is during the day but understanding the three things that are important to you and getting balance in them Jim was a great man too Family were always invited to after after dinner events. The holiday was always family orientated. There was always gifts. There was a card at Easter. There was a card, a card a gift at Christmas. He was he was trying to make sure that our, our lives around our sport was supported, so that when we got on the pitch, and he says himself, it was a selfish act because he wanted us to be at, in our best form, our best uh, best version of ourselves when we hit that pitch, and that's what his performance is about: making sure that your environment around you is is, is maximized to give you that performance. Um, so that's kind of the performance really why, why it was so important to us. And when Jim Gavin comes along week before All-Ireland, Bernard, and says, get your tents, we're off to Lambay Island for 48 hours to talk. <laughs> like, do people look around a dressing room and go, what is this guy after? Like, we should be kicking ball, we should be in the gym. Or did people get it at that point? Because he'd spent so many years building that culture of high performance, but trust, connection. Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely, we, we consciously um, and intentionally went after the things that we, we saw was going to be our, our, our marginal gain, which was our mindset. So we throughout the years, we layered behaviours from mindfulness to meditations to connection workshops to going to Lambay and then spending time together and getting deep and understanding. And, and there's always new players, new things happening in sport, like a, like a, like a workplace. Like, so you can't always stay still. You know, there's always new players. Players are gone. So you have to always keep keep unearthing it. So we talk about culture. Culture needs to be farmed, and that environment needs to be intentionally, uh, I'd say, farmed. And in the workplace is no different. You need to constantly create opportunities for people to get to know each other. You know what I mean? And that's what like we feel is is a big gap in the workplace at the moment. Uh, I know we chat about that, but Jim was a man that kind of instilled those beliefs in me and, and James. Probably why we started um, Pep yeah. Talk that we believed that. You need to farm a behaviour to make to make sustainable change and create high performance. James, to bring you in, you're the CEO of Pep Talk, cousin of Bernard. Um, you've been trying to convert all of those learnings from the years with Dublin, Bernard's leadership, those seven All-Ireland winning medals. And there's an old adage, you know, in, in business that people don't lead bad jobs, they lead bad managers, bad bosses. And the way that you build connection and trust that we've been hearing about from Bernard is teams and teamwork. Do you have a better handle now today of like what makes a good team, how you build great teams? Yeah, and again, Anya, thanks a million for the opportunity uh, to chat today. Like, I think, firstly, the, the data right now backs up what you're saying. Um, McKinsey ran a, a research report there over the last two years. And, you know, outside of compensation and, and working conditions, the, the main reason people are leaving um, workplaces right now is uncaring or uninspiring leaders. Um, so when you think about that and you think about a team and the importance of, um, the manager and you know the manager has within that um 
you know, in pep talk, we really do try and focus in on trying to be that difference between a good team and a great team. And when you think about it and, and you listen to Bernard, it, it sometimes is a feeling. It's not so much something tangible, but it, you, you feel part of something. And I think right now, the organizations that we work with and, and, and the global kind of workplace, the challenge is not necessarily aligning yourself with the culture, you know, the, the, you know, the stuff that you might see on the website. We probably agree with a lot of that. The challenge is actually connecting to that culture. And as Bernard say, how do we create that kind of intentionality around um, building great teams? How do we create trust? So if trust is a core part of creating a high-performing team and we're in a hybrid environment and we're a little more siloed and we're probably disconnected in many ways, um, what can we do as, as, as organizations and then as teams to, to really zone in on um, creating that sort of emotional proximity it's, it's interesting even looking at the data now physical proximity is one thing but it's actually really emotional proximity people are looking for so it's almost as if we want to you know not so much be seen but but feel seen and I think that's when you go to Lambay Island and you get that sense of feeling seen and being part of something and being cared for that's now becoming very very important in the workplace and it's a it's a fascinating area we're still very early obviously we're, we're all probably still trying to there is no playbook for the world of work we're currently in but i think leaning into some of those lessons that that jim and bernard and, and, and other successful teams in sports and, and bringing some of those learnings into business um i think there's a big appetite right now for for experimentation ultimately and seeing what will work for our organization and James, like Jim Gavin, as, as we've heard, had the luxury of being able to put people on a bus out to Lambay Island. And we know there are people listening who work in warehouses and, and kitchens and staff rooms. So they have that physical proximity that you're talking about. But there's a lot of people now working from the spare bedrooms as well who are remote first and they're trying to still find that creativity and spontaneity. But those moments for vulnerability, like that's what strikes me there about the Bernard story on Lambay Island. That took guys talking about emotions. You know, we... we we, it's such an incredible, powerful image to conjure. Like, how do we create that space for the vulnerability when so much of us are online now and we're living these remote uh, lives? Yeah, and listen, I, I think what certainly has happened is, um, you know, we're not short of tools to connect us. Um, what we are short of tools to probably bring that, as you're touching on, emotional connection. Um, you know, to give a, just a little example, you know, in terms of our world, we we at the moment um, in, in a lot of organisations we work with run, run a concept called a team talk. So the team talk is a commitment by leaders and managers and organisations to give 30 minutes every month to talking about exactly what you're saying there, areas that are important to people and having human conversations, opening up a conversation about something that isn't part of work. And, and that, when we talk about intentionality, that's really what we mean. You know, what does, what does it look like on a Monday morning? What does it feel like to work in an organization in particular if you're if that feeling is is in your bedroom or in or in an, an office you know it, it all feels very different so i think you know that idea of, of of creating intentional time every week every month to to come and, and have a conversation as i touched on earlier to, to feel that sense of emotional proximity to feel that you are seen and you've been asked how was your weekend how was last week how are we getting on we need to try and force and farm that into how we how we um how we interact in terms of our team and then the wider organization because 
Otherwise, as the data, as I touched on at the top, you know, people will vote with their feet ultimately and go to an organization that puts more of a priority on that. And I think organizations that are that are on that on that journey and, and really focusing on the behaviors and the habits that are that are going to work in a hybrid environment. Because I don't think hybrid is here now. And I think we need to acknowledge that how we did things isn't changed. You know, in, in an office it was easy. It happened, as you say, by almost by osmosis. We had these kind of culture carriers that we used to call who, you know, you come in and they'd be the people you talk to at the water cooler. That, 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 we were, we're, you know, that doesn't happen now. So I think intentionality and, and ideas like a team talk, you know, if that, and that's scalable, you know, you can do that across hundreds, if not thousands of employees. And we've seen really transformational um, feedback when that lands well, you know. So there's lots of things and lots of innovation that can happen in this space. Bernard Brogan, to to bring you back in, Jim Gavin, when he was here on Reignite last year, talked about how preparation is 90% of performance, like a lot of it is out on on the training field and, you know, nine tenths of it is in the planning. And we've all had to get good at, yeah, you can work to plan and have the plan of action and, and have a radical focus on it. But we've also had to get good at just scrapping the plans given the last two and a half years and embrace the ambiguity and be really agile. Like, is that something you've really reflected on? You know, you've had those moments, you go out with a plan, I'm sure, from Jim Gavin, and then opposition sticks the ball in the back of the net in the first opening minutes. And like, there goes that plan, we got to kind of rethink on our feet. Like, what have been some of your learnings there as we all kind of try to kind of think fast in these moments of change? Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's every part of life. Uh, sports is very tangible because you can see it. But as Jim said, the best best laid plans go out the window at first contact with the enemy. So once you go into a battle, once you go over that white line, you may rip up the, 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 the scrapbook. And he, he created, as I said, about preparation, he created chaos in our trainings. He created chaos in in our minds and in, in things that would happen, what ifs and stuff he used to talk about. He's a phenomenal, I mean, I'm always quoting him, but he's a phenomenal, phenomenal leader. Um, and that's the same in everyday life. Think about everything at work. Like we go out with pep talk. We played a plan to expand. We're, we're on our way to the States. Please God, in a very short short period of time. Yeah, we'll have loads of challenges like every business that does anything and tries to do, do something. But we believe, like, like anything, the preparation of it is if you have a clear purpose, if you have clarity of your role, as Jim would have, we would all know exactly what we need to do, exactly what is what, what good looks like. You, 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 you aspire for, for for perfection. You fall short, but you, you short is is more than likely good enough. And you're trying to be perfect, you know. So it's the same in the in the world of business. We meet we meet challenge all day long, and then that's a resilience piece that we, we talk a lot about in pep talk about being able to get back up and go at it, and having that resilience to take learnings from your losses and from your challenges, and and, and accepting that there will be loads of them, and. No one goes through life without a, a bucket full of them, you know, and that's what that's around us as individuals, as humans and as good people, as good leaders, as good colleagues. And um, so I wouldn't shy away from that. I just, as you say, be prepared as a, as a leader of a team in a workplace, create opportunities to talk about the, the, the challenge ahead and what happens if this doesn't go wrong or what happens if this doesn't go right. We always talk about in the workplace, here's our plans, here's our numbers, here's how we're going to do it, off we go. We don't talk about the challenges we'll have as a salesperson, as you say, even more so now in a room in Grand Canal Dock or in Carlow trying to hit a sales number or build a piece of tech or do some customer service. Like the playbook around the challenges is as important as, as what where we're trying to go. And that's that clarity and having that support structure and making feel as if people care, you know, and that's, that's what comes and, down to. And it's about Bernard Brogan getting the best out of people, getting people to play to their strengths. Like, 
Jim Gavin and in the Dublin dressing room never used the word win and or the word winning. It was always about performance, that if you get the performance, well, you'll have that outcome. You're a big believer in, you know, winning is a process, not a skill. And, and that goes for all of us probably in, in our, our personal lives and our professional lives. What do you mean by that in, in terms of it being that process? Yeah, James only used to, I was texting James yesterday and he said he used that quote himself, like just, just stick to the process on it. And all it is just about showing up and just getting after it step by step. Like we talk about how to eat an elephant in bite by bite, you know what I mean? So it's you're focusing on the output, on the outcome of this is where we're trying to get to, this is what success looks like. It's three years down the road. Oh God, how the hell do I get there? It's just about every day you show up with energy, you create an environment around you where you're feeling healthy, you exercise, you're feeling good, your family life is good, and you just get up every day with energy. And no matter what you do in life, you will succeed if you go after it with, with intent every day. That's that's the environment that, that we try. And again, the world of work environment and sport, it takes a million different things to make that happen. But what Pep Talk's trying to do is just trying to, in one area, trying to escalate this and talk and just, just shine a spotlight with organizations that this human factor is a massive part of your performance as, as our organizations. A lot of organizations done really well in co- over COVID, as in they're operating well, they're talking about productivity being really good. But as time goes on, if you don't look after your individuals, your, your colleagues, as James said, they'll, they'll, they'll talk with their feet and go to a place where they feel they're supported and it's more purpose. What we've got over COVID is perspective. We now want to do things that make us proud and make, make us, and, and we enjoy so that's what that's what we have to create an environment, and not every bit of work is always enjoyable. We have to work hard, and we have to dig holes, and we have to, as you say, be in a kitchen or be in in a, in a warehouse. But what you can have is have purpose around you, and have a team that's backing each other, that's going to the wall. And Mickey Whelan used to say before uh, he was involved with with, with us, uh, great uh, Dublin Dublin legend in sport, and he would say. Uh, it's money in the bank. So he said every bit of work we did was putting money in the bank that we would cash in in the games. So we cash in the money in the bank. So that's what it is. Culture is about putting money in the bank for the organisation and then cashing it in when challenge comes. You know what I mean? So I just thought, I thought it was a lovely phrase he used to say to us in sport. It's great. Love it. Uh, inspiring stuff uh, from the two of you. Um, we could talk more, but maybe some other time. James Brogan, Bernard Brogan, founders of Pep Talk. Thanks so much for joining us. 